Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. This month, we're highlighting the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii's education and workforce development efforts. And to that end, today, the title of this episode is It's Not Business as Usual. Our guests are Keala Peters from the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii and Alex Harris. Alex has spent his career striving to improve educational opportunity for young people. He currently leads the grant-making team for Hawaii-based Harold K. L. Cattle Foundation, where his work helps more low-income students to access good jobs by obtaining a promising credential. And Alex, you actually have such a long bio of such great interest. I'm not going to read all of it. We're just going to start talking to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for joining us this morning. And Keala, it's lovely to see you back. Thank you. Pleasure. You know, this month we've been talking about education and the workforce, and there's so much going on. There are so many creative programs that are out there. There's so many people who are pretty much committed to making sure that we are home-growing talent and and young people who can get into the workforce. Can you tell us a little bit about collaborations? Keala, let's just start with you. Give us the kind of broad picture. Why are collaborations important and what are they? So when we're talking about preparing students for jobs, both today's jobs and future jobs, um, that's not something that educators can do by themselves. That's also not something that employers um, can, of course, do by themselves. And so we're really at an unprecedented level of collaboration between the private sector, the public sector, and representing the philanthropy community uh, is Alex this morning, and 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 they are really the third leg of that stool that helps us um, approach workforce solutions in a way that I believe Hawaii really hasn't had the opportunity to to do in the past. And that's what you mean by it's not business as usual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The employers have a seat at the table. The funders do far much more than just funding. They're really strategic partners, um, and then of course the education partners are so critical in what we're doing. Alex, you've had a very long and illustrious career in education with educators with the purpose of really helping young people. Where did that start for you? Where did this become the interest and and the focus that you knew was going to be your own path? Oh, th- thanks for that question, Joe. I um, am the product of uh, three generations of teachers. Um, and so I guess uh, learning and education has always just been uh, part of the fabric of, um, of, of what I know and do. Um, you know, I had a, a, a fairly transformative experience as a, as a young man. Uh, I had a, a, a rival um, and we were um, uh, very similar, uh, you know, academic accomplishments, um, and sort of on parallel paths. And then one day I came home from college and, uh, pulled up to a gas station and he was there pumping, uh, the gas. And we, it was just this very clear, uh, moment, uh, where lives, uh, go in very different directions. Um, and it's always had me thinking about the kinds of opportunities that we need to be providing young people so that they can be successful in life and, um, and really move forward with, with jobs that let them take care of their family and, and, uh, sustain themselves. Well, that's a powerful story. I mean, you can see the image immediately of you as a young man thinking, we both were on the same track and then we diverged. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he couldn't 
go forward. I mean, one thinks immediately financially probably is one of those things. That's something that's for a long time been a huge issue for kids in school who just get left behind because of what's happening at home, because of things that are nothing to do with them, just the circumstances to which they're born. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, just the, the title of this conversation, not business as usual, it makes me think about um, the opportunities and the challenges that are facing this state here in Hawaii. Um, you know, one kind of quick story that I think about is uh, right down the street, Hawaiian Electric is putting out $4 billion worth of contracts for renewable energy projects. Uh, these are projects that young people are really excited about. They they require a certain amount of technical skill, but also passion for, for uh, clean energy. Uh, and each of those um, uh, companies has a choice about whether to hire local or to import talent uh, to fill these these pipeline of these projects, uh, and that's really what we're talking about here of b- bringing uh, employers together to define what it takes to get in the door, uh, along with educators who are building these career pathways and work based learning opportunities and and opportunities for young people to develop the skills they need to be successful in these good jobs that uh, that pay well and, and let them fulfill their purpose and passion. Can we talk a little bit about some of the companies that are collaborating and the impact that the collaboration is having? Well, the list of companies that are participating is is long, and our goal is to make that list even longer. We want every comma in a company to feel a responsibility to help shape our future workforce. Um, and so, you know, the list is too long to, to, to name and, and we focus by, by sector. Um, but th- the good news is that being Hawaii, um, business leaders feel a kuleana. Um, sometimes it's just difficult for them to know how to get their company involved in supporting education. And so that's where we come in and we try to make it easy and efficient for them so they can do what they do best and not have to spend time and energy navigating the system and figuring out how can I get my employees into classrooms working with, with students. Um, you know, one example to follow on with um, Alex's mention of Hawaiian Electric, um, we have $2 billion in defense contracts here in our community, in our, in our state. These are prime jobs working at the Pearl Harbor Naval Shipyard, working for, um, uh, various companies that are able to obtain defense contracts. But it's often difficult for our students to even imagine having those jobs, let alone figuring out how to prepare themselves and obtain those jobs. And so that's another example of, of a sector that we're really trying to help prepare our students. It could be something like welding. That is a fantastic, high-paying career that has a sustaining power in our community, thanks to the Pearl Harbor Naval Shipyard and some of the other um, uh uh, companies that are here. And so we're just starting a neat effort to work with some of these companies to get into our high schools and spark some interest in our students um, in some of these really promising careers. Lots of untapped potential. So it seems like it's twofold, really, in, in the process. It's that you want to, to grow the talent in Hawaii. We want to have our young people uh, going into career paths that make them able to live here and have a family here and be comfortable. And you also want to stop uh, contracts and projects leaving and going and looking elsewhere or bringing in other workers because every one of those things has a knock-on effect, right? That's ex- that's exactly right. And, you know, I think 
particularly with a pandemic, it's laid bare some of those stark choices for us. And families were struggling before the pandemic, and it's even worse now. Um, and so what that's meant for us is we really need to do the analysis to understand which industries are resistant to recession uh, and are going to be here for the long run and um, what the entry-level jobs are into those industries and then how to help students uh, advance through those entry-level jobs. So, you know, the, another quick story just to kind of illustrate what this looks like uh, on the ground. Um, there was this really powerful uh, picture that I saw the other day of this young woman. She's a student at Waipahu High School. And she's sitting and she's giving the COVID vaccination to her father. Um, she, in the course of her studies at the high school, she had uh, become gotten a certification to become a medical assistant uh, through Hawaii Pacific Health. And as HPH was administering vaccines, she decided she wanted to give that vaccine to her father herself. Well, a lot of things have to happen for that situation to come into effect. We have to understand that healthcare is a really important industry in the state. The high school has to build healthcare electives into their curriculum. They have to understand which certification matter in order for her to be in a position to be able to deliver that. There needs to be an internship or some type of supervisory work-based experience for her in the healthcare profession to actually know that this is an occupation she wants to go in. And assembling that package of support from employers to high school leaders uh, to community college or post-secondary folks has been the really important work of this partnership that, that Cal has described. Yeah, it's really fascinating, isn't it? Because it's every action triggers another action and that's positive or negative, right? So every action where there's a neglect or someone being ignored or being left behind triggers, I, I sometimes think, bigger actions and, and reactions. Tell us about the philanthropic part of this, obviously, because there are many people in need. There's many programs who need. Um, what it, What is your... Like, what is a picture of what you do? Try, you know, mm. we would normally say to somebody, what is a day in your life like work-wise? But mm. just give us a picture of your thought process, your analysis of what's in front of you, how you're looking forward with these partnerships to, you know, to help them through philanthropy. So in a good year, the Harold Castle Foundation is in a position to give away about $8 million. And uh, our, our directors, our board has uh, tasked us with trying to make an impact on some really thorny challenges, uh, healing our oceans and, and making our reefs and fisheries more resilient, uh, and then helping public, public school students um, really be on a path uh, to thrive and, and live their most ambitious dreams. And... And so within that, we have uh, any number of resource choices to be able to make of sort of how you uh, move the needle forward on some of those those important goals. Um, and there's stark choices between whether you support uh, projects that are direct service and have individually a tremendous benefit, but may not change the root causes or the systems that folks are living in, or whether you uh, choose to tackle system level challenges uh, and, and and try and change uh, those paradigms. And you know, we feel like with the chamber, we have uh, a rare partner that's able to do both um, and is able to expand opportunity through coordinating work based learning experiences with high school students um, across Oahu, while also understanding that it takes real leadership on the state level to be able to sketch out. Uh, which 
which uh, industry sectors are real priorities for us as a state. And what does a career pathway look like that leads a young person from high school through post-secondary and into that job? And how to make sure that the voice of employers is at the table uh, so that we're not just making guesses, but we're making really informed decisions in, in those choices. And so, you know, from a philanthropy standpoint, we're both supporting direct service, but we're also trying to change systems and bring unusual partners together from high school to post-secondary to employers uh, and, and really knitting together uh, an ecosystem that works better for young people in the state. It's so collaborative. I mean, it's just there's so many elements to it. It's impressive. Uh, Kel, I have this great phrase in front of me, the promising credentials report. Yeah. What, tell me about that. Tell us about that. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a terrific example that illustrates what Alex just, just talked about. And so um, we've long known that there are thousands of certifications or credentials that, that we can help students earn, both while they're in high school and after high school. Um, but not all 3,000 of those are actually valued um, by Hawaii employers. And so through a collaboration between the Chamber, Hawaii P20, uh, uh, Harold Kale Castle Foundation, Kamehameha Schools, and others, we embarked on a analysis to really ask the employers of these 3,000 credentials, what matters most to you when you're hiring employees? We were able to look at labor market data, um, employer input through surveys and focus groups, and we were able to take that list of 3,000 and distill it down to about 137 credentials that we can definitively say here in Hawaii matter to employers. So if students take their time to um, uh, attain these credentials, they'll have a better chance of gaining employment. And so we, we've been able to kind of create a compass and sharpen our focus. And so this is a list now that we can give to our education partners, both in high schools and in post-secondary. And they can do some analysis and they can look at their training offering and really ask themselves, are we offering the right programs? And so that's what we're in the middle of right now. A report is just a report. Uh, and that was released in October. And so now our education partners are, are doing their own analysis to see what changes, additions, uh, possibly subtractions they want to do in their own environments. And I, you know, I think in a time of really limited uh, public sector budgets and, and real financial challenge, having that type of compass and, and direction is critically important. Uh, you know, just as a couple of examples uh, of, of the kind of credentials that we're talking about here, some of them are one uh, cut across industries. So there are uh, credentials like first responders or uh, food safety. And, and these are ones that, you know, when you look at job postings uh, across the state, these often come up. Um, and there are others uh, that are very industry specific, like uh, HVAC maintenance for, for air conditioner units. And it turns out that with an HVAC certification, I mean, you're talking about a forty, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year job. Um, and, and jobs that are actually quite in demand right now. Um, and, and so what we know of our labor market is that 80% of, of the good jobs that really pay a family sustaining wage demand some type of post-secondary uh, degree or certificate. And this project was an effort to try and narrow the range of, of credentials to really help young people understand and make informed choices of, uh, about how they can use uh, their training and, and, and time best. And there's so much... I've always thought there's such a nobility in, you know, the service professions that it seems for a very long time was kind of ignored. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm from Scotland, right? So it's quite obvious 
and and to me when we see people who have taken up the professions of their fathers and their grandfathers who are you know perhaps bricklayers or stonemasons or plumbers or you know just the you know the the sort of service occupations it's almost like we're starting to appreciate again and maybe it's post covid as well how important these you know in terms of a, of a more lofty word these simple critical uh professions are and I'm sure in as part of your work, you're seeing so many kids who want to do this kind of work, who know it's important. And I think that in itself must just be so, um, just so powerful to be able to say, we're going to help you change your life, feed your family and live in one of the most beautiful places on earth. And you can do what you want. You don't have to go and be a university graduate. You have great value. I, I would think that I would be very moved by being mm. involved in stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, there's there's a lot in what you say that's, that's sort of worth unpacking a little bit f- more. Maybe just two points uh, to, to bring up. So the first is, um, and we call these sort of middle skills jobs where you can access the job relatively quickly with some form of promising credential. Um, and, uh, and so... Um, middle skills jobs are on the rise for all the reasons that you mentioned and because they're very hard to automate or mm-hmm. offshore. Yeah. Uh, and so these are jobs that we know are going to remain in Hawaii and they're, they're going to be growing, uh, in number. And that's, that's very important. Um, your, your comment reminded me of a project that we've been working on, uh, on the Kona side of Hawaii Island, where obviously there's a tremendous number of rental car companies. Uh, and there's a lot of students coming out of area high schools there that are really interested in auto mechanics. Um, but the training for the auto mechanic is on Hilo, which is obviously on the other side of the island. And so we've been able to piece together the university training program on auto mechanic with the ACE certification with the high school and accelerate students uh, through. So it only takes them one extra year uh, to get their, their training. Now, the, the benefit of doing that is that kids that are a coin flip away from going to college or not, all of a sudden you've bent their life trajectory and you've helped them access jobs <clears throat> that are paying sixty seventy thousand dollars a year that at this point are frankly more computer than <laughs> than tools um, and require some significant training um, but that partnership again needs to be pieced together uh, otherwise it just doesn't happen and the opportunity isn't there for young people it's so exciting you must just love what you do <laughs> we do and and you know um, there is no script or playbook for yeah. for what we're doing. Fortunately, we have a lot of data that we can analyze, um, but it really comes down to partners and collaboration and innovative thinking. And so it's a joy to be involved in. Uh, I wonder if I could just mention two resources for listeners to, cool. to look at if they're interested in learning more. So one is the Talent Roadmap for Economic Recovery in Hawaii, and that's on at www.hec.org. And then the other is a website uh, called hawaiicareerpathways.org, uh, and that contains all the promising credentials that Kayla talked about. And all of that information will accompany this podcast. So if you go to the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii webpage, you will find it there. Kiala Peters of Chamber of Commerce and Alex Harris from the Harold K. L. Castle Foundation. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Our pleasure. It was Thanks, a lot Joe. of fun. You have been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. I'm Joe McGarry. Join us next time for more stories of Hawaii's business. <laughs>